Nate, that might be one of my favorite monologues that you have delivered in the history of this podcast. Were you swept away? Yes. Hello, listeners to Movies on the Side. I'm Stephen Robles. And I'm Nate Baranowski. And it is still the Christmas season. Fa-la-la. La-la-la-la. Oh, my garland. <laughs> I'm going to talk about that in a second. <laughs> Stephen. Yes. Stephen. Yes. I know you don't like when songs have filler words. That's right. Tell me about fa-la-las. Fa-la-la. Is that an exception uh, for you? Are you okay with it? It's fine. I, you know, Christmas, I'll allow it. I mean, Deck the Halls is not one of my favorite songs anyway. Sure. You know, it's basically just like We've a stepwise scale. It's like Joy to the World. Bum, 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 bum. You know, it's just all stepwise. No, you don't like that. You like the big jumps. Give me a chestnuts Chest roasting on an open nuts. Yes. <laughs> okay, yeah. <laughs> you read my mind. That's exactly right. Well, Nate, we're still talking about Christmas, and uh, we're going to jump to the movie pretty quickly. I just want to mention one time our Mott's merch. We had so many people get merch on Cyber Monday, and there'll probably be another sale coming up. But uh, we have some new sweatshirts and items on the Mott's merch store. I don't know if you've seen it. There are some crop sweatshirts that some younger people requested. Crop top sweatshirts? Crop top sweatshirts. That's right. But they just show off the midriff, but keep the upper. Uh, not, not for me personally, but I think, yes, that's the idea. <laughs> <laughs> so there's some crop sweatshirts. I made a snapback hat. We did a different hoodie design where it says movies on the side down the sleeve, which looks pretty cool. So anyway, motsfam.com is where you can get all the Mots merch. Represent Mots. We would appreciate it. Okay, we're doing another Christmas movie this week, Nate. And we are within the Disney Plus universe. That's right. So all of you who got Disney Plus to watch I'll Be Home for Christmas, Mm. quickly watch this one before your trial runs out. Free trial expires. (laughs) This week, we watched the direct-to-streaming service movie, Noel. Came out this year, just last month. It's like a brand new movie. Noel starring Anna Kendrick on Disney Plus. Steven. Before we get to anything, I need your thoughts. Okay. If you were Anna Kendrick Mm. and you were in a movie originally titled Nicole. Yes. Changed to Noel Mm -hmm. to be more Christmassy. Right. That was originally slated to come out in theaters, but it was moved to Disney Plus to strengthen the original content of this new streaming service. Mm. It is definitely highly advertised in the top banner oh, yeah. of Disney Plus, and I'm sure it has gotten a lot, right. a lot of views from people who have Disney Plus. Correct. If you are Anna Kendrick, are you disappointed that your movie never came out in theaters? Or Bill Hader, I guess, is also in it. Right. Or right. would you say, like, I'm happy to lead the charge for this extremely popular streaming service? I feel like if it was any other service besides Disney... And if I was Anna Kendrick, I'd be like, nah, I'm good. (laughs) I'm big enough to to do theater stuff. But because it's Disney and you're like premiering on the service that you know is going to have millions and millions of subscribers immediately. And Disney's like, listen, we're going to put your movie real big on that app whenever somebody opens it. Your face face. is there. Yeah. I feel like, yeah, I get it. Like I would be, I would be down for it. Now, this is barring... The quality of the movie. Mm. <laughs> if this was mm. a scenario with a, a great Disney movie, sure. But I don't think I uh, know. I don't think I would mind. Okay. I mean, uh, Mandalorian. It's a Disney Star Wars original. It's pretty good. Have you started watching that? Uh, no, I haven't yet. Oh, okay. I mean, I feel like I've seen enough Baby Yoda clips on Twitter to kind of <laughs> fill me in. <laughs> you saw the meme with him holding the cup, and you're like, I'm good. I've seen all the memes. all the memes. <laughs> 
Do you feel like Anna Kendrick should have just... No, it asked the question because I was truly curious. I didn't know that it was originally slated to come out in theaters. So Hmm. I think I'm with you. I think if I was going to be headlining a new, extremely popular streaming service, I think it would be fine. But it is an indictment on where the theater Mm. movie-going experiences where you may be fine with a streaming service that brings your movie straight to home, where back in the day, if you were involved in Lion King 1.5 or Little Mermaid 2 Return to Ursula's (laughs) Gold Cave, and you came straight (laughs) to DVD, it was a death sentence, basically. Right, right. Nowadays, it's like, oh, this is great. Side note, I had never seen the Lion King 2 colon Simba's Pride. But because it's on Disney Plus mm-hmm. and we have that now, I've seen a majority of it. Mm-hmm. Nate, it is not good. <laughs> it is not a good movie. Wait, have you seen all of the Aladdin sequels? That I saw as a kid. You saw Return of Jafar and Aladdin. King of Thieves. Trace, Prince of Thieves, King of Thieves. I think it's King Related of thieves. to Thieves. Royalty yes. over Thieves. Duke of Thieves. <laughs> Aladdin colon my dad's a thief. Yes. Yes, I saw that one too. The second one, Return of Jafar was, was terrible. I feel like King of Thieves was a little better. They brought Robin Williams back as the voice of the genie. Passable. I remember Return of Jafar fondly. I do too, but upon but seeing you, <laughs> okay. recently, I thought, this is hot garbage. Speaking of you saying searing it instead of seeing it. Mm-hmm, that's right. Recently, we passed along. Just We're going down rabbit holes because we're getting yeah, back yeah, into our right. old ways. That's right. Stephen, recently I saw on Twitter from Patreon supporter Tom of our show oh, that yes. he likes his steak well, well, well done. Oh, yeah. That's terrible. And I just want to let everyone know that that <laughs> is a travesty and steaks are meant to be medium at most. At most. If you're having a good steak. Right. And you can go down from there. I've been taught in marriage to slide from medium to medium rare. Mm -hmm. And if it's really good steak and you trust the quality of the establishment, to even go rare. Now, I don't order a rare steak at Chili's. No, no. But I'm also not ordering a steak at Chili's. So Exactly. Love you, Chili's. Chili's, you order the fajitas, maybe the tacos. You don't get the steak. Nate, I completely agree. I saw that tweet from Tom, our friend and supporter, and I was appalled. Right. I said, this, is, this cannot stand. Listeners, PSA, don't order your steak well done. If you have thoughts about steak, you may send it to our Instagram. Yes, exactly. Just like steak is better medium rare, it is rare to see Anna Kendrick in a Christmas movie. I feel like this might be her first one. How'd you like that transition? <laughs> When you went from medium rare cooked meat to Anna Kendrick, I was a little scared, but then you stuck the landing. I pulled it off. All right, carry on. Rotten Tomatoes for this direct-to-streaming movie, uh, 53% critic score, 65 audience score. Pretty tempered Mm -hmm. reactions Mm -hmm. from the critics, midway down the middle. Listen, the premise of this movie is it follows the Crinkle family. I don't know if this premise has ever been explored, where there's like an entire family of crinkles. Yes, yes. Santa Claus is coming to town, Claymation, Fred Claus with Vince Vaughn. There was another one called Claus uh, that was like an animation with the son of, of Santa Claus. I'm just saying, you okay. may just be low on Santa Claus IP that you've been mm. taking in. Well, premise of this movie, Anna Kendrick as Noel Kringle, mm-hmm. <laughs> as a brother, they are Santa's kids. Mm-hmm. You got Santa, you got Mrs. Claus, you got two kids. Point of information, did it seem like there was a large gap of age between Santa and Mrs. Claus in this movie? <sighs> and it seems like the kids were really young. I did. Yeah, that's true. I did spend a lot of time thinking, if you are Santa, how do you find a bride? 
Well, it seems like there's this whole city up at the North Pole. This is very much are like they, a, But are they all elves? Uh, that's a good point. Hey, listen, I'm not I'm not going to talk about, you know, <laughs> is Santa an elf? Is he a human? I was just going to say, is he They don't have elf, pointed uh, ears, yeah. which is the defining characteristic. Would a kingdom phylum genus species? Maybe they're in the same genus. Right. I definitely thought about, like, there were a bunch of kids living up there. Right. But elves were also adults. It was very confusing. Yes, that is. Were strange. they allowed to leave? It doesn't seem like they were. It did seem like they were trapped at the North Pole. Like there was uh, strict rules. Only Santa can leave and only once a year. Right. They weren't really allowed to explore, which seems harsh. That She's never been outside of the North Pole. She seems satisfied uh, not being outside the world. But the brother who is in the succession line for the crown. Yes. He is supposed to be Santa Claus when his dad dies, which happens right. early in this movie. But the brother does not want to be Santa and ends up running away. Anna Kendrick believes it's her fault, so she goes to try and find him. Movie movie goes on. That's the pre- premise of the movie. You got it. A couple quick thoughts here from the early parts of the movie. Give it to me. I found the little white reindeer that appears early on. His name is Snowy. Anna Kendrick's uh, familiar. Snowball. Oh, it's a snowball. Snowball. Okay. No, no. Sorry, 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 sorry. Snow cone. Is it snow cone? His name is Snow Cone. I feel it maybe on sh- Snow Cone. Oh, on Snow Cone. That's right. Uh, I find this white reindeer, Anna Kendrick's familiar, uh, strange. You didn't like him? I understood uh, he was the cute factor. I feel like the animation was a little weak for Disney's prowess. <sighs> yeah, compared to the ad- the adult reindeer, are all CG all the time. I think. Right, and they look great. And they look great. Yes. Maybe it was in his movements. Right, because he moves a lot. He's very hoppy. A little bit of fly, prancy. I I wasn't crazy about that. Snow cone! Dude! It did seem a little strange when he was interacting with real people in Phoenix. Is when he really seemed out of place. (laughs) Exactly. So one of the characters, too, in this movie is the nanny, Shirley MacLaine who plays Elf Polly throughout the movie. Yes. And she kind of paints this picture through her dialogue. Like she's always cleaning up after Anna Kendrick. She never is like taking responsibility and matured. Mm-hmm. How did you feel about Polly? <sighs> I disliked her in this movie. Yeah. I disliked Polly. This has nothing to, to say about the actress because the actress has been great in other movies. Absolutely. I remember her in different things. I don't know why. But I was so glad when she stayed behind for different parts of the adventure. I don't know if <laughs> yeah. she was supposed to be funny, like a kind of a funny sidekick or just kind of a curmudgeonly elf. Right. I wanted her to stay in the North Pole mm-hmm. and not come to Arizona. So whatever that emotion is in me right. means that I did not connect with Polly. So there's a whole host of characters in the North Pole. Yep. Elf Polly being one of them. But there's also like this world of characters. And they do a lot of these scenes in this courtroom type thing. Yes. All the elves are there and there's some like elf High council. council. I'll be honest. I find those scenes a little forced and weird. Especially like the little comments from the crowd and stuff. I don't know. They felt awkward. Rest ye merry gentlemen. As Christmas is just six days away, we must have a new Santa. Yes. Let's get back to that in a second. But I need to say that I wish that they had brought Billy Eichner, who plays Gabe. He's probably living out a Disney contract after being the voice of Timon in Lion King. Oh. Just they have him for a bit. Sticking him in with. Yeah, yeah. He is such a funny actor Mm. and a funny personality. 
that I feel like gets pretty wasted in this movie. I wish he had been yeah. the ride along and had been going to Arizona because I think a little bit more yeah. Billy on the street, if you've ever seen those clips of him kind of yelling and running around, I, I feel like that could have been a nice juxtaposition with sweet Anna Kendrick. I really agree because later in the movie, because Santa's gone, Anna Kendrick leaves the North Pole to find her brother. Mm-hmm. And so Gabe is put into like the Santa position and he makes all these weird like sure. changes. But he's not really like a bad guy. No. He's not maliciously doing anything, right? He, no, he's the techie guy. So like before the Santa's left, like he was he had a couple lines about, hey, I want to put USB C in the sleigh. Yes. Which I was like, all right, points for those things. That's pretty funny. <laughs> you really uh, resonated with Gabe. The situations that they put him in are pretty funny. Like he develops this analyzing system. So rather than just intuitively knowing whether kids for fa la la yes forensic algorithm for lateral analysis of latent altruism it's a digitized metric which allows us to determine a child's nice or naughty quotient and he he finds out there's only 2837 nice children in the world and <laughs> his right. his criteria is very technical i love like those were funny situations and lines but i agree with you it felt like he didn't deliver them to be that funny like they were meh he was phoning it in yeah, he was playing it pretty muted. He was playing it pretty, um, which I understand. I I would assume he is such a big personality in real mm-hmm. life that I'm assuming they were kind of just like, listen, you just need to like a toned down performance where you're just like oh. be this nerdy character. But I really would have loved them to let him loose. There was potential there and, and it kind of got a little wasted. Okay, let's talk about the conflict in this movie <laughs> because the conflict yeah. comes super early on. Right. Because Anna Kendrick tells her brother, played by Bill Hader, yes, Nick, to go take a weekend off. They make Santa into this, like, he has specific mutant abilities. He's basically an X-Man right. in that he can look at a person and know whether they're naughty or nice. And he can speak every language so he can speak to every child in the world. Right. There's these abilities and, like, her brother doesn't seem to have these and is not developing them. Right. I think Bill Hader cast perfectly in this role. Yes, I think he did a, a good job. Big, wide, scared eyes. <laughs> Sometimes I dream about getting out and finding someplace warm where I can stretch and relax and just breathe, you know? Well, you can't be Santa if you're having a nervous breakdown. Nobody wants you sliding into their fireplace crying and weeping. So she sends him away for a weekend. He doesn't come back. The sleigh and reindeers come back. He doesn't. Right. Everyone turns on her. Like, I can't believe that you sent him away. Right. Even her mom. Yes. Who, I wasn't a huge Mrs. Claus fan no. in this. No. Is super hard on her. Yes. Like, you ruined Christmas. I can't believe you sent him away. Maybe it's a commentary on the the the, the chosen <laughs> patriarchy guy has no responsibility. But I don't think it is. I think it's more of just they're super hard on her, which feels unreasonable. And the main conflict, I wrote this down in a note, 20 minutes in when she's at her low moment, I thought, super forced as a conflict. Yeah. We're all booked up. Maybe try back in July. The whole North Pole is against her. The puffins are chirping angrily at her. Yeah. I didn't believe it. What are your thoughts? Yeah, it was kind of a troubling scene when she's leaving the North Pole and like, yeah, the, (laughs) the birds are trying to peck at her. Yeah, every single elf turns on her it was a little like this doesn't feel great right all because she told him to go for a weekend and he didn't come back right and they got mad at her like no one was worried about where santa was they just like well he's gone yeah they they played it a little hard i feel like mrs claus was not even worried about her son 
Right. She seemed really focused on the task at hand. Yes. <laughs> so, so this movie does have some funny moments and additions, such as the singing troop of elves that have some funny lines interspersed in the movie. Joy to the world except for you, because you forgot to floss. Yeah, well, and the, the Oh My Garland. That was used a little bit much for me. I could have I used one or two of those. They really sold that. Yeah, and it was a lot, and I wasn't crazy about it. Oh My Garland. Thank Garland for hot chocolate and peppermint. But I overheard it, and Oh My Garland, was he right? Anna Kendrick goes to, and this is another funny line, she calls it Arizona. Phoenix Arizona. Yes, that was good. Yes. That was good. And she's now in search of her brother. And this is where I would say Anna Kendrick shines. Yes. Because she plays a totally unaware Kringle person in the real world. And she's very funny. And so let's just take this moment right now. Yes. And talk about Anna Kendrick. Yes. I think without Anna Kendrick, this movie would have been really, really bad. But Anna Kendrick is so lovable, like you believe what she's doing, that she redeems, not completely, but she redeems portions of this movie. What say you? That is a great point. I had the thought when I started watching the movie, when I thought, I wonder if you're Disney, whether you'd rather have Anna Kendrick or Kristen Bell in this role. I think over the course of the movie, I have come to believe that Anna Kendrick is the better choice. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But I thought to myself, Kristen Bell is so on brand Disney at the moment. Yeah, absolutely. That I thought maybe they wanted her for this. No, I believe Anna Kendrick, like you said, makes this movie go from a slog to actually having some heartwarming parts. Yes. And she has like the smiling moments, like talks about yogurt pants. And those are funny. Yes. These are my yogurt pants. No, no. Yoga. And, you know, the whole, like, it's so hot here in Phoenix, you know, and she's still, like, in her full Kringle outfit with the hat and everything, and she's talking about why it's so hot. Like, they're funny moments. Putting the sunblock on her, like, licking the sunblock and patting it on her cheeks. She is lovable in this movie and and redeems it. I'm going to take a real quick, we've never been to this corner of the room. this 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 is the fifth corner of the room. This room that we're in is expanding to being a kind of an octagonal <laughs> stop sign i like it but i like to go to fashion corner oh goodness okay hello and welcome to fashion oh, corner I, I... i'm your host fashionista nate baranowski oh, okay nice i really enjoyed anna kendrick's get up in this movie save one outfit mm-hmm. at the very beginning she is in all red where she kicks on her ice skates when she's in the north pole yeah. loved the look she then put on a hat that had pink stripes across it did not like that <laughs> that was a bit of a clash for me i think we were more in the red orange or the the deep reds and putting on the pink hat seemed like a mismatched accessory mm. everything else from the furry hood thing later to her eventual right-fitting Santa outfit. I thought it was on point the whole time. I loved the joke about her putting on the stereotypical elf costume, and she's like, this is like nothing I've worn. I think her patterns were great. I thought her legging to outfit choice was excellent, Mm -hmm. except save that one hat. I really enjoyed the costuming in this movie. Hmm. That's an interesting point. I hadn't thought about it, but yes, I will agree. Welcome to Fashion Corner, Stephen. What do you what what say you? Are there any other fashion choices you like to talk about? Well, this is my uh, least competent corner, <laughs> right under Accent Corner. Uh, Stephen stumbling around, but tripping over clothing racks. I, 
<laughs> I have no idea what. Where am I? Yeah, I don't even know where I am. The only thing I have to say is the gentleman, which we need to get to Romance Corner shortly. Sure. But the guy character, Jake Hapman, who is Kingsley Benadir, mm-hmm. uh, he has a couple looks where he wears a t-shirt under a suit jacket. I thought he looked pretty good in that. And that's a, a style that I like in, as well. The t-shirt suit jacket feels like heavily favored in, in the Stephen Robles tool of tricks. Is that correct? Very accurate. Yes. And so seeing it on screen, it helps justify my own choices. And I feel more confident as such. <laughs> I'm not sure if I've ever done a t-shirt jacket combination in my life. Oh, I can only dream of it. Maybe. I would really love to rock it. But Maybe you should try it. It's a good it's a good look. I don't think I have a great fitting suit jacket is really oh, my issue. Gotcha. Okay. Well, thank you. Thank you for coming to Fashion Corner. Yes. Back to Anna Kendrick. Delightful. Delightful. When Anna Kendrick's eyes fill with tears oh yeah it really gets me i also have one other emotional moment we can go to cry corner in a bit <laughs> i had one more spot you're just adding random movie, corners but... now i don't even know if these are corners or... hey i'm expanding the room <laughs> anna kendrick what did you think i loved her in this movie i think she she has some great emotional moments there's a scene where she goes to a shelter and she kind of sees that not all kids just want gifts. Like there's a, a hearing impaired girl. The girl does some sign language. Welcome to Crying Corner. Yeah. You stumbled in. You stumbled into my trap, Mr. Robles. Welcome. Yes. Steven. Yes. I watched this movie at six o'clock this morning at 6 a.m. Yeah. I started tearing up when she was signing to the oh, little yeah. girl. Oh, yeah. And the little girl was talking about her mom wanting a, like wanting to have her oh, mom get a absolutely. job for Christmas. Absolutely. Oh, that got me. It's a great moment. And Anna Kendrick shines in those moments. Oh, man. She can do the funny stuff. And when she gets emotional, especially like her speech at the end, when she actually returns to the North Pole and addresses mm-hmm. the Elf mm-hmm. Council, and she talks about all these yes. experiences. Like, that was really good. You know, her, her brother gets up there and gives like some lackluster speech about blah, 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 yoga. And then Anna gets up and does a speech. And uh, this was my note on it. Anna's speech at the end is, Dollar sign, dollar sign, dollar sign. Money. (laughs) But now I think it's not just about the presents we get, it's about the presents we give. What was your first Anna Kendrick movie experience? Do you remember? Anna Kendrick was in Twilight. Oh, she was. I didn't know that. As like an extra, as like a high school teen. So that was seeing her in that. But obviously, like she wasn't anything, like she wasn't a star in that one Okay. See, my first Anna Kendrick experience was Pitch Perfect. Yes, that was the one brought her to stardom. Now, this uh, this might be a little too personal, but first of all, acapella singing, the choir stuff, touches home. How come we haven't talked about Pitch Perfect? I've watched this movie more than eight times in listen, my life. Listen, Nate, listen. My experience with this movie was on a cruise ship, I contracted the norovirus, <laughs> which means you are quarantined uh-huh. uh, to your room for 24 hours. Uh-huh. And as a consolation, the cruise line gives you a free movie. Uh-huh. And browsing that movie selection, I found Pitch Perfect, mm-hmm. and I chose to watch it. Yes. And I found out that if I, when I got to the credits at the end of the movie, if I rewound to the beginning, yes. I could watch it as many times as I wanted to and not pay any more for yes. it. And I saw it a lot. Wow. <laughs> so that was my first Anna Kendrick experience. And I was like, this girl's amazing. Yes. Loved everything she did in that movie. Hilarious. That, that cup song, When I'm Gone, is, is solid. That finale, I almost tear up watching the finale of Pitch Perfect. <laughs> yes. yes. It is so good. I'm going to say this line and I'm already going to bleep it out. 
but I've been thinking about this line and I, I couldn't think of a good time to use it. Okay. And I was going to say, Anna Kendrick. <laughs> the listeners will never hear what I said, but I, I will leave in your reaction just so they know that I said something funny and audacious. <laughs> it was very funny. It did anyway. not make this G-rated no. podcast. All right. Well, before this turns into an Anna Kendrick fan cast, which will be the next podcast that Nate and I do. Yes. Um, <laughs> we should probably talk about Romance Corner since we're here. Okay. I need to talk about Jake. Yes. Before we get to their relationship together, yes. I have some things to say because I took some notes. Yes. As I predicted before watching this movie... When I sent you a text guessing what would happen. Oh, oh, that's right. <laughs> I think I pictured her finding... It was a single dad, definitely, for sure. Right. Has to tie into Christmas and Santa and the magic. Yes, yeah, so and for the listener, Nate texted me before watching this movie and basically predicted 80 to 90% of the plot before ever watching it. So good right. on you. Thank you. Thank you. It's not hard. <laughs> it's telegraphed pretty hard in the, just the plot synopsis. Sure. I pictured... Jake's kid was going to be younger when I imagined how this was going to go. Oh. He's a little older than I thought he would be. But I have some questions. Mm -hmm. Jake is a private investigator. That's right. right? P.I. Mm -hmm. Does Jake's, does he live where his office is? Yes. It appears that during business hours, he shutters the little uh, folding doors and <laughs> has an office. And uh, when he clocks out, he opens the doors and then he's home. Which, to be honest feels like a great setup this is a negligence of a high order mm -hmm. to have your child yeah. staying at the same place that you are conducting business as a pi uh, with true. potentially unsavory characters with potentially violent or angry characters mm. i i thought when he was like meeting with a guy who was crying and then you go into their office and you see a kid's bed i was like wait a minute mm. I'm pretty sure that in the business you're in, you do not want people to have access to where your children sleep. Because I'm assuming you can come across some pretty angry customers slash people you are investigating. In my home, <laughs> where children play with their toys. You still haven't seen The Godfather, right? No. That, that's not a line from The Godfather. I just want to say, because you're a sports ball fan, uh, as you've told us yes, many times. Of course. They litter his clothing and his decor with Arizona sports teams. <laughs> yes, I noticed. Can you remember any of the teams that are from Phoenix or Arizona that are displayed here? Uh, I feel like there was an Arizona University shirt. Arizona State, yes. Arizona State University. He had that. Go on. Is there any, do you remember did anything I, else? Did I see the claw of a tiger or something? Or a feline? Was there any Don't claws? remember that. What about an elephant? Was there an elephant? I think you're just making up animals now, hoping that they're mascots. Yeah, because I really don't know. <laughs> he wore a Phoenix Suns basketball, like a, a t-shirt at some point in time. Oh, yeah. As okay. well as the Arizona State. There was an Arizona Cardinals, which is their football team, on a poster in the kids' room. Uh, there was a pennant, okay. but no one's an, a baseball fan anymore, but there was a, you know, a triangular <laughs> pennant of the Arizona Diamondbacks MLB team. Okay, okay. And I thought some prop guy is like, we gotta make this look. Like, we're filming this in LA, but we gotta make this look <laughs> like Arizona. Arizona, yeah. Let me tell you something about people from arizona sort of like tampa florida a lot of people in arizona are not from arizona and the idea that someone is a fan of all sports teams in arizona feels <laughs> slightly genuine 
implausible. Yeah. You see what I did there? What's that? Implausible? I said implausible. Mm, the show's over. <laughs> okay. Tell me more about Jake. You had things to say about well, Jake. Well, Jake, Jake is fine. My review of him in this movie is fine, but his son, Alex, I thought he did great in this movie. I really loved his character. I love all his quips about the food. There's a point where his dad asks him if he, if he wants salt, and Alex is like, there's not enough salt in the world, or something like that. <laughs> yeah, and then he gives him some options, like, maybe don't press down on the patty so much, you'll squeeze out the right. juices and over-dry it. And I was like, yes! Toast the bun, and then you get the... I was like, this kid is amazing. I don't know, I liked him in this movie. Yeah, I thought the Jake-Alex connection was good, not always great. Jake as a character was a little bit wooden for me. Mm, yeah. I know he's supposed to be kind of the opposite of the joy-loving Noel. Right. I am very glad. I think I said this to my guests. Yes. But I'm very glad that it was sort of left at a, we like each other. I think you're cool. I'll see you around maybe next Christmas. Right. <laughs> and that was kind of where it was left. Because this movie did not deserve anything more than that. No, no. He asks, will I see you again? As she's delivering him to his ex-wife's house. And she's like, will I see you again? Every December 24th. And it leaves it open to like, maybe they could pursue a relationship. Maybe. I don't know how that works, though. We get back to the mythos of the North Pole. Right. And her having the duties of Santa. If he were to eventually enter into a, a relationship with her is would he be also trapped in the north pole forever yeah i think tim allen santa claus addressed this but they got so bad after santa claus <laughs> yes. won that i don't exactly remember how they did it yeah it was they do get really bad <laughs> so anna kendrick finds her brother after they have an awkward argument in the yoga studio and in the silent yoga retreat. How'd you feel about that? I just heard you sigh. <laughs> what does that mean? I feel like Bill Hader was kind of a jerk to her. Yeah. He abandoned. It's like he didn't understand it was a big deal. Right. And if you come from the North Pole and you've been raised your whole life, like this is your responsibility and your very first time you're supposed to be Santa, you just peace out. And then you get mad at her. be like, you told me to take a week away. He didn't even seem to care that like the world was falling apart um, until later, I guess he kind of realized it. Right. But I was team Noel the whole time in that argument because... Yeah, absolutely. Kind of a jerk move. I agree. And it's weird because he acts really glad to see her at first. Yeah. Like, oh, you're here. And then it, it turns very quickly. And then they're just like... He didn't even leave a note saying like, hey, I found this other life. I'm sorry, I can't be Santa. Like, yeah. if you're going to run away and be a yoga instructor, at least tell your sister who you genuinely love and care for. Right. Tell her like, hey, I just want to let you know, I have not been kidnapped but i'm living my new life don't come find me i'm living my life so that they argue anna kendrick she drags her brother to try and be santa the outdoor mall yes yeah he's doing a terrible job she's like clearly displaying the powers of santa being able to tell what a kid wants and speak their languages yes so that's like a funnish moment and then things escalate quickly the santa who's actually supposed to be there is like hey get out of my seat anna kendrick then kicks a police guy Ends up getting arrested. And going to a facility. A mental institution. Now this is a pivot that doesn't quite fit with this movie. <laughs> no. When she's like in a gown in the mental institution, I was like, wait, what just happened? Right. And I feel like I blinked or something and, and the movie changed. Right. And it's weird, weird, weird. 
Now, her conversation with the psychiatrist is a little funny. But Frosty the Snowman. And I have another patient who's convinced he's Frosty the Snowman. Frosty's here? No, no, come on. Uh, Nice try. Frosty couldn't survive in Phoenix. Now, this is a tightrope that movies like this have to have to walk because in this world santa is in fact real right people getting gifts from santa is also real which again can't think too hard about it because it's like if tons of people got gifts that no one knew where they came from we would have like a a bomb threat it would not be a happy (laughs) joyous occasion it'd be like how did you steal this ipad who broke into my house exactly right apple would be like wait a minute Every Christmas Eve, <laughs> one million iPads. People are getting see. iPads, but no one's spending money on Where them. are these serial numbers coming from? By the way, there are so many iPad references in this movie. There has to be oh some sort of Apple goodness. tie-in, right? I, Apple's getting a, a little piece. I guess. Or maybe, you know, Disney and Apple have a close relationship. Maybe they just, you know, cross-promoting. And also iPads. <laughs> <laughs> this movie walks that tightrope that this is all real. But... Also, in this real world, people don't believe in Santa, especially adults. Right. But the problem is, at some point in time, just like this movie says, everyone will think you're crazy. Right. Unless you show up in a flying sleigh. So (laughs) it's tricky because in order for her to ever have a relationship with Jake, Jake has to believe with all his heart that Santa Claus is real. Right. I'm sure this movie would love there to be a middle ground where she kind of maintains some anonymity and he's like sure you're santa and they like the magic is kind of behind his back but in order for people just like this movie shows to not take her to a mental institution they have to like see magic happen in front of them right and as soon as that happens it's like well now they (laughs) pass that down the chain now jake has to live his life pretending he doesn't know that santa is real otherwise he goes to a mental institution you see how this the the problem that this brings about it's a slippery slope and like the the lady that fainted has to say like oh man this is a delusion i can no longer work this job right the moment that jake believes is actually this conversation where polly the elf nanny goes to jake's office and talks to him and she gives this short speech and he's like i don't believe in santa it's not real and polly says this line about Can you see love? Can you see sorrow? Can you see joy? And I'm like, my note after that little speech, because then right after that, Jake goes to the mental institution to like free Anna Kendrick. Sure. I was like, I don't think that would have convinced him. As cynical as he was beforehand and not believing, I don't think Polly showing a pointed ear and talking about love, sorrow, and joy is going to convince him to go down and break someone out of a mental institution. Well, did he go to break her out or did he go to just talk to her again and give her another chance? I think Polly and him had to plan it because they had to plan for the sleigh to be outside the window. Yeah, but he didn't believe that sleigh was going to be outside that window. No, but he did lock the door behind him when he asked to see her. He like locked the door behind him like he was going to do something to break her out. Hold on a second. Yeah. Let's go back to last week for a second. Uh Uh-huh. Remember, I'll be home for Christmas. It was actually a horror movie, right? <laughs> let's wait, wait. This isn't a, this isn't a horror movie, but let's talk no. consequences for a second. Yes, you are a, a, a security officer, the the woman police officer. Yeah. Now think about this from your side. Yeah. You let this private investigator in to talk to a woman who's currently being interviewed by a therapist. Right. 
He locks the door. Right. Okay. Yes. Stuff happens inside. There is a bit of a commotion. Yep. You try to get in. The door is locked. You say, let me in. Nothing happens. <laughs> you, he finally unlocks the door. This is not shown. Right. But picture right, this. Right, right. He unlocks the door. In his arms are a fainted, maybe knocked out <laughs> therapist. Yep. There yep. is no patient. The patient is gone. Yep. <laughs> and this guy is holding her that you let in. The only one conscious now in the room. Yes. What happens to Jake? Oh, he gets arrested immediately. He gets arrested immediately. <laughs> I mean, what else could happen? Yeah. That... What happened to the patient who was in there? What happened to the... Because the therapist is not going to help you out because she's just going to go on about, there was a flying sleigh outside and then I fainted. Right. And, and then he's going to... Uh, she's going to assume like, he must have drugged me. Right, exactly. And, and, and hidden this woman. <laughs> Jake does not go free, right? No, he goes to jail. He goes straight to jail. He goes- Here's what happens. Jake goes to jail, uh-huh. discredited as a private investigator. Yes. Lose whatever licenses it takes to do that. Yes. Loses his office and his home. Jake is now homeless on the street. That is the post-credit scene of Noel. But he gets a ride in a sleigh later. She gets, he gets broken out of the jail by the elf police from the, er, from the original mm-hmm. Santa Claus. ELFS. That's right. The- <laughs> Time to deploy ELFS. He gets broken out of jail. They take him to the North Pole. He's on the run. Then Romance Corner turns into lifelong romance because Jake cannot live in normal society anymore. He's a wanted okay. man. All right. That'll work. <laughs> so he resides in the North Pole. Noel 2. Noel 2. Jake on the run. Colon, <laughs> Jake on the run. Starring Harrison Ford rec- uh, being the fugitive character again. Yes. All right. After their speeches at the North Pole, Anna Kendrick is now going to do the Santa thing. I think she has, what, like a day to get ready. Yep. She practices going down the chimney and doing all that stuff. Right. She brings snow cone and she goes and, and is going to be Santa. Desire at this moment. I would have loved to see Anna Kendrick be Santa in more scenarios. Yes. We get a couple. The alarm goes off. We see the dogs. I really wanted to see her like have a couple meaningful moments also. And she has the one because yes. she returns to the shelter. And they call her Santa. And that's a nice scene. And she signs back about, you think I'm Santa? Right. That's very nice. And then the, the suit finally fits her because the suit fits when uh, it fits you or whatever they say that. Right. That line is. And at some point she says this line that. Traditions change. The new ones are scary. They might be great. And if you know what Christmas means to you, the tradition's just the wrapping. By the way, this is a live-action G-rated Disney movie. It is the first one since Hannah Montana. I believe that was in 2009. Wow. So G-rated live-action is not has not been in Disney's repertoire for a while. They usually go with the PG. So I appreciate the G rating. Yeah, I thought that was interesting. When I saw the G, I was like, oh, we can watch this uh, with the kids immediately. Yep. Did you find the ending satisfying? Yeah, they do the whole like Anna Kendrick voiceovers, the whole North Pole thing, and everybody's happy in the North Pole. Like, it's fine. One other point, just practically the special effects, it must be very hard to animate a sleigh and reindeer. Yeah. Because I feel like in every Christmas movie ever, and even in this one, a 2019 Disney movie, the sleigh always looks fake when it's flying through the air. Yeah, I think there is an issue with the physics. Let's talk about sleigh physics. <laughs> now, it can't just be the reindeers who are magic. Because if you think about it, reindeers that are magic, if they are moving at such a high speed, they will definitely pull a sleigh up and it will be great yeah. moving at high speed. Mm-hmm. But as they slow down to land on a roof, right. as soon as you lose that uh, incredible thrust forward, that sleigh would just fall 
back. Yes. You know, it wouldn't stay horizontal to the the roof. So the sleigh has to kind of also be sort of floating. Right. But kind of be pulled by the reindeer simultaneously. Yeah. And I like to think that I think that physics is what makes it not realistic. That makes sense. I don't know. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I just feel like it, it looks weird, even like with Anna Kendrick taking off on Christmas Eve, like that takeoff scene is like, it just doesn't make sense to my brain. And it doesn't look realistic. I really wanted Snow Cone to instantly evolve into a grown, <laughs> strong, like white elk kind of reindeer. I wanted oh. him to just be like, you remember White Fang? Mm. Just a real strong white reindeer. Yeah, yeah. I wanted him to like, just how she kind of her suit adjusts to her when she believes in herself. I wanted a snow cone like right. now he's Blastoise and is a strong leading <laughs> reindeer. Yeah, that would have been fun. Maybe that's for the sequel. Noel too. Jake on the run. All right. Well, we should rate this movie, Nate. Yep. Yes. On a scale of zero to five candy cane gavels mm-hmm. that that the High Elf Council uses and. They break and then they eat. I enjoyed him not being able to break it and just licking the back of the gavel. <laughs> yeah, funny, funny moment. Yes. Nate, what are you going to give this movie? Hmm. This is tough because I put Noel in the category of an ABC Family original movie or a Hallmark Christmas movie. <sighs> yeah. Because I am more generous with these types of movies, I think. Because things that are Christmas movies and like those animated stop motion claymation kind of movies i lower my critic glasses and i put on my hot chocolate glasses Mm. (laughs) hard to see through so mostly i don't expect christmas movies to wow me and any like they're just meant to be little hits of dopamine that you watch with your family sure while cookies are baking right so i'm going to give noel let me, before you speak your number, uh-huh. it is going to seriously affect my rating. I know. Because I'm not sure exactly what I I'm going to do yet. I know. So, but go ahead. I'm going to give Noel two and a half. No, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to give Noel a two. Yeah. As a movie. I'm going to give Noel, parentheses, in December, parentheses, plus, quotation mark, family, close quotation mark, close parentheses, search. I'm feeling lucky. Google. I will give that, Noel, a three and a half. (laughs) So once Christmas is done, you have no need for this movie. I mean, that's most Christmas movies anyway. But honestly, in December, if you're just looking for a movie to watch with the family and you're like, let's watch a Christmas movie. This is as good as any. I mean, that's it's fine. So a two on its own merits, but three and a half if you have the Christmas spirit. You understand what I'm saying? So I'm kind of waffling. This is a... Yeah, that's a serious waffle. Okay, then I'll give it two and a half just if you average them out together. It's a middle-of-the-road movie. Anna Kendrick is maybe all two and a half of this rating. I'll give her two out of the two and a half because you like to break it down. Mm -hmm. Without her, this is impossible to watch. With Anna Kendrick, if you like her, if you like her quirkiness, you will like this movie. She is delightful. Yeah. I disagree that this is as good a Christmas movie as any, because I do feel like there are better Christmas movies. How many better Christmas movies are there? It's a Wonderful Life is better. Santa Claus is better. Home Alone and Home Alone 2. Okay, we're, if we count those as Christmas movies. Yeah, we're, we are going to get to that, buddy. But yes, both of both of. So them, those are both better. Those are all better. So there's four movies. Miracle there. on 34th Street. 
Okay, that's five. Frosty. The animated one? Uh, yeah, that one. Okay. Frosty. The Grinch, cartoon, okay, so, and Jim Carrey. No, not Jim Carrey. Jim Carrey yes, is Jim not Carrey. better than this movie. No, 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 no. <laughs> the, okay, the cartoons are in a separate category because they're like 35 minutes long. But we're talking about Christmas movies. Like Charlie like Brown. Animated shorts. It's like Charlie saying, Brown I like Christmas. The, no, Charlie Brown Christmas is not better than this. Okay, I'll give you I'll give you that one. But there's at least five <laughs> to six that I have just named yes, that sure. are good Christmas movies that I would watch before this. So if you were going to watch one one every day for twelve days, and we're gonna watch Christmas movies for twelve days of Christmas. Right, right. I'm just saying this makes the list. It would make the list solely because of Anna Kendrick, yes. I'll give yes. you that. Yes. Like, but yes, there are definitely five better Christmas movies. Yeah, I'll I will debate you that the Jim Carrey Grinch one is better than this. I don't like the Jim Carrey Grinch one, but the animated Grinch That's is fine. great. Okay, well, I'm going to give this movie. This is, this is really going to get Tom going. I'm going to give him two point two five candy cane gavels, two and a quarter, two and a half being right down the middle feels still too high for me. Like, I, I didn't think this is a good movie. My children, you actually called me as we were finishing the movie last night. Yes, I did. And I asked my children to rate the movie, and I don't think they understand rating systems. But my... I believe one got a, gave a million, yes, one gave I, two, and then your youngest daughter gave one, because I think she wasn't quite sure how the right. one through five worked. I, I think that was the first number that came to her head. Asher gave it a million, which he doesn't... I mean, he doesn't understand the rating. But Jordan... My eldest, he said two, which I feel like he was he was pretty close. And so two feels a little too low. I want to give Anna Kendrick a whole two and a quarter. But I just don't think there's a lot of redeeming things in this movie outside of her. Let me ask you a litmus test. Oh, okay. I think Bill Hader's fine in this too. He's fine. But let me give you, this is a litmus test question. And maybe if we're still cruising along in, at the end of 2020, here's what I'd like to know. If you still have Disney Plus and this movie still like pops up uh, as part of a streaming service you have next Christmas season, mm -hmm. would you see yourself just watching it? Not for this podcast, not for anything. Just, oh yeah, I remember that. I'd watch it again. My thought is yes, you would. Ah. You would, it would, you would have 12 months to kind of, you wouldn't think about it. You'll, you'll forget you ever watched this movie and next December it'll pop up recommended for you. I'll tell you, I'll tell you what, if the kids wanted to see it, I would put it on, but it'd be one of those situations where I'm going to go be like doing stuff in the kitchen a majority of the time. Okay. I might All right. pop out to see Anna Kendrick be Santa, but- Time will yeah. tell. Time will <laughs> okay. tell. We'll revisit. Uh, listeners, as always, let us know what you thought. I heard a lot of people watch this movie. Again, I think it's because Disney Plus literally was like, you want to play this <laughs> to every uh, <laughs> Disney Plus user for the last month. So let us know. Comment on our Instagram post when it goes up. All right, Nate, a quick top five. Top five things we love about wintertime. Ah, okay. So this is not necessarily Christmas related. Stephen assures me that he remembers the first 18 years of his life when he lived in uh, a true winter. Florida right. has a winter that's kind of like, it's 45 this morning and there's a little bit of frost <laughs> on my palm tree. Winter's already over. We're back in the 80s again. So yeah, oh, okay. a, winter's done. Welcome to a warm and cozy top five list, and I will begin. My number five is the NFL and NBA season <laughs> in full swing on TV. Oh. 
You never let me talk about sports ball, but let me tell you a wonderful thing about the winter time. Mm-hmm. Playoff football is coming in the NFL. I don't care about college football, so that doesn't matter at all to me. Mm-hmm. The NBA season is in full swing. There is something about when it's too cold outside to hang out outside yourself watching some sports and the nba and the nfl are my favorite leagues so <laughs> it's it's the, a great time of year as opposed to july which there is a drought of professional sports which i i don't feel that drought your life is a sports drought i'm a sports camel <laughs> i got all the sports i need ever and never need anymore you absorbed them when you were eight years old and you've been living <laughs> off them ever since that's right i will say i enjoy the super bowl event I like I want to watch the Super Bowl with people and have yes. food and like Yes. I enjoy that. I should have put slash Super Bowl as as a winter event. That is yeah. fantastic. Yeah. I'll put that into my honorable mentions. I really I enjoy that environment for sure. I'm going to guess if you ever in your life owned or wore a jersey of any sport of any kind, other than what you were playing. Yes. And I'm going to guess uh-huh. that at some point in time when you were a child, you wore a new york knicks jersey just randomly of all the teams you could have picked nate you chose the wrong one incorrectly oh did you ever have one wear one i had yankees jersey Mm. yankees jersey and i had a giants hoodie that i liked okay those are the two sports paraphernalia i should have gone yankees yeah okay Thank you for that. Carry on. Number five. My number five, and this is going to sound a little crazy, but during the holiday season, going to a mall, not necessarily to shop, but just to go Mm. to Mm -hmm. observe the craziness and the decorations and the Mm. hustle and bustle. And the giant Christmas trees. Yes. Some malls, like the Brandon Mall, is a literal crazy town of people and like it's too crazy. So not that kind of mall. But I remember growing up, you know, we lived in a rural area. So you have an uptick of people and there's some hustle and bustle, but it's not like fend for your life. Mm-hmm. So I, enjoy, I enjoyed walking the mall during the holiday season for those times. So, yeah. Did you ever sit on Santa's lap as a kid? No, we were firmly non-Santa people. <laughs> got it. Got it, got it, got it. <laughs> Which, as you were talking about the sleigh earlier, I was thinking, if Santa was real, the amount of shingles that would be taken out every Christmas Eve would cause a serious disruption. Right. That's why you have to have magic in the sleigh, because uh, it cannot have actual rungs on there that are just, yeah, ripping apart right. people's clay tiles. <laughs> right. And with the advent of solar panels, I feel like it would be very problematic. But anyway, your number four. My number four is a combination sweatpants, wool socks. Oh. You can wear sweatpants all year round, depending on kind of your home AC situation. But there is something about taking off your coat, your jeans, your shoes. It's cold outside, coming in to a warm home, but it's still cool enough that you put on some sweatpants and some cozy socks. Yeah. That is how I like to live a lot of my life anyway. Sweatpants are my fashion brand so Mm, sweatpants and wool socks that is good that's good my number four is watching a movie under a blanket now when you say under a blanket 
I assume you mean <laughs> just parts of your body under a blanket, or are yes. you talking about yes. you got a phone under there too, and you're <laughs> no, no, watching no. Miracle on no. 34th Street? Okay. No, no. There were no tablets or phones growing up. So I'm talking about watching oh, okay. a movie. It's cold. Mm. It's mm-hmm. the evening. It gets dark around 4 p.m. up in New York. Just sitting on the sofa, blanket with family, watching a movie. Yes. Nice memories and moments of that. That's my number yes. four. Love it. My number three is soups. <laughs> there is something about a great soup after coming in from the cold. I think Campbell's advertising has worked on me. Mm. I don't crave soups at all in the summertime. Right. No, no. I don't care for hot liquid, but you get a a, a nice hearty soup. That's good. That's good. Warms my heart. Very good. Well, my number three is sledding. Mm. The activity of sledding in the winter is a, a wonderful experience. And finding a good hill, getting the fancy sleds that you can like break and turn, mm-hmm. a wonderful pastime. So sledding is my number three. Let me put, add sledding to my honorable mentions. Uh-huh. That is great. Very good. My number two is very simple, but very profound. Uh-huh. It is wearing a scarf. It's good. Now... I'm not much, like I said earlier, of a fashionista, but there is something about putting a scarf on yes. that makes me feel like the fanciest lad in all of Illinois. Yes. It has two purposes. One, you can wear a scarf, and if you do it right, you can like match it to your attire, and it feels classy. And oh, great. yeah. Yes. Option two, though, if it's just used to keep your face warm, and it's like legitimately like useful against the biting wind you feel like you're on tatooine like you're a star wars hero there's something about having your (laughs) by tatooine i definitely mean hoth oh in the ice world riding a banta so there is something about wearing a scarf over top of your face and when you get inside pulling the scarf down that you feel like you're in a movie, like surviving the elements. Yes, that's good. And if it crystallizes in snow on top of the the scarf, yes, and you just feel like I have just I've mastered the elements, and I'm out here just like performing awesome missions. Yeah. <laughs> when I go and get soup from the store, that's so good. Wearing a scarf is my number two. That's really good. I loved when I was a teenager and we were in high school, my friends and I would go to the Gap and find like the coolest scarf and glove combination and uh-huh. and get those. Steven, what's the correct way to wear a scarf? I would say there's a, a, a the long part. There's an L long part in front of you. It goes around the back of your neck, scoops around the front, and then the other long part goes behind you. Okay. My number two. The cold. Mm. I love the cold. The few nights where it actually gets genuinely cold here in Florida, (laughs) I will go outside in shorts and a t-shirt and just feel the cold Mm. and let it wash nostalgia over me. And it is just a wonderful experience. But something about the cold, there's something, this is going to sound weird, but there's something magical about cold. Yes. Especially when you're in high school, maybe dating someone and the encouraging of hugging or cuddling or sitting close to someone. Yes. Holding someone because they sit, like there's so many opportunities when it is cold and everything that comes with the cold. I loved getting a leather jacket one Christmas and wearing that, Mm -hmm. like wearing a leather jacket in the cold. Mm -hmm. Wonderful experience. 
wearing gloves because you actually need to, and they're also like a fashion item. I loved everything about the cold. You in, you also enjoy warmth when you experience cold. Coming yes. into a warm building out of the cold. Yes. Yes. Everything about it was magical. So yeah, the cold is number two for me. Number one for me is very similar to your number two, and that is chunky snow. Ah, yes. My wife calls it kiss your love in the train station snow. Oh, that's good. Because this is the snow that stays on your clothing, that falls in thick chunks, coating the ground, falling slowly through the air, slow enough that you could catch it on your tongue if you wanted to. Yes. This kind of snow, when walking down the street here in Chicago, and it's falling that kind of snow, it is like being in a movie. It is like being in a classic uh, scene. There's... You see your breath as you walk down the street. Mm, you can yes. almost hear jingle bells or silver bells yes. as Bing Crosby plays. It's in the air. It the, yes. the chunky snow coats the dark trunks of the trees in white, so you have this wonderful contrast. Every lamppost becomes a portal to Narnia. Yes. Every every foot crunches underneath you as you break through the snow. It's not cold enough because chunky snow only happens when it's close to that 30 degrees. Right. So it's not a biting wind. It's gentle and soft, and it is like a lullaby, a winter <sighs> lullaby over the land, coating the world in magic. And for those that have a romantic partner, Covering it in romantic magic as well. <sighs> Kiss in the chunky snow if you have a romantic interest with you. You'll thank me later. Nate, that might be one of my favorite monologues that you have delivered in the history of this podcast. <laughs> Were you swept away? Yes, I literally was. Like That was so heartwarming and nostalgic. And it's funny because my number one is the snow. Ah, uh, yes. It is the snow. Nate, I remember the days when there would be the forecast of snow, the possibility of a snow day Mm. and not being in school the next day, and you look outside the door every 10 to 20 minutes and you wonder, is it coming yet? Is it coming yet? I love snow because it is silent. You don't Mm. know when it's happening in the dark. And then the one time you open the door and the light that is outside catches the flurries as they begin and it gets harder and harder and you wake up the next morning to that wintry landscape, it is one of the most beautiful things in the world. And I loved watching the snow. I loved seeing the snow. It is my favorite thing about the winter. Mm. I almost teared up, Nate. Almost a single (laughs) tear. Almost an Anna Kendrick single tear. Like a single snowflake. I had this written in my number one. But drinking a hot chocolate while staring out the window as it snows? might be the pinnacle of winter. I will add something to your scene to make it my pinnacle, and that is snuggling up under a blanket with a hot chocolate as it snows outside and reading a good book. Oh. Curling up with a book. Picking up just something the latest Animorphs (laughs) while sitting on the sofa. (laughs) Circling in a toy magazine what you are dreaming of for that christmas yes nate that is a dream (laughs) there's just something so so surreal about it like it does feel otherworldly yes 
Like you are being transported somewhere. I mean, having a window with snow coming out outside, it's just like you're part of you're you're in a cottage. It's it's like no matter what what you live in, like it automatically is transported to like I'm living in a magical land. Yes. And it's also snow has this ability to transform a landscape overnight. Oh, yes. I mean, it can rain and things get wet. You know, things erode over time, but snow is like, you look out your window one day and it is barren, trees are barren, there's nothing on the ground. Yep. And the next morning you wake up- Kind of gray. Yeah. The next morning you wake up to this white landscape where there are hills and there weren't before and there's textures and everything changes. Every branch that's on a dead tree now looks alive somehow because there's this inch of snow sitting on it. Yes. And then an animal will like- climb up a tree and like hit the branch and you see the snow falling off like yes. all those moments and those visual cues like just so beautiful picture this moment i had this moment actually last winter in chicago which was one of my top uh moments here in chicago is this what we just went out walking because it had been snowing for a while and it was yes. a type of snow that people were kind of getting off the streets because if you're trying to I understand if you're trying to travel and it's snow or sleet or any ice, yeah, it's like not good. it's no good. But if you have no place to go, right? I remember walking down the street. It's dark. Walking with Jill, hand in hand, and at some point in time, as the snow has completely coated the ground and it's falling with all of these street lights yeah. over top of the road yes. in this kind of city environment, there's not a car in sight. We went out to the middle of the road and walked down the center of the street in untouched oh. snow with no car tracks on it yet. Oh, my goodness. It makes you want to skip down the street because you're right. like, oh, it's a wonderful life. Right. I get uh, it. <sighs> All right, Nate. I got to go look up houses on Zillow. <laughs> I got to move and look again. <laughs> <laughs>